Come on, let the church say praise the Lord. Come on, let us all stand to our feet. Let's give our Lord and Savior, Jesus Christ, a victory hand clap of praise. Amen. Turn to your neighbor and tell him he's not dead. Come on, turn to the other side and tell him he's not dead. Amen. Right where you are. I want you to grab your neighbor's hand real quick. Gracious, eternal God, we give you the praise, the glory, and the honor you so richly deserve. God, we thank you for bringing us to this appointed hour, and especially this moment. God, we continue to give you all the praise, the glory, and the honor you so richly deserve for what you did. Oh, God, you didn't have to do it, but you did it anyhow, and we say thank you on today. Now, oh God, I pray that the person that I'm holding and squeezing their hand, oh God, will be blessed on this day. Whatever they're going through, oh God, we put it in your hands right now. So let the words of my mouth and the meditation of my heart to be acceptable in thy sight. Oh Lord, you are. Somebody shout, you are my rock and my redeemer. And together, let all of God's people loose hand and come on, let's give them another hand clap of praise. Uh, would you all do me a favor, Alan Temple, and give one of the most dynamic spiritual ministry couples that we've ever seen, the Reverend Dr. Hugh B. Marriott and Alicia. Come on, come on, come on. Come on, let's celebrate. Come on, let's celebrate them. Amen. Now, I don't know if you be watching them, but they just all, they all into it. I mean, he loves being the pastor, and she loves being the first lady. You can, you can see it. Do you see it? Wow. And so I'm telling you, I'm, I'm just so excited uh, to be here. I want to thank uh, Dr. Marriott and the Board of Stewards and all of the officers for the invitation to come and preach. Me and my dynamic dual partner, we trekked the highways just so we can get here on this morning. Amen. And so I want to take this opportunity to thank you all for that uh, warm welcome. Amen. Now, there is a word from the Lord. How many of you want to hear a word from the Lord? Amen. And beloved, if you have your Bibles, I want you to turn with me just for clarity one more time. I know we read it together. First uh, uh, Corinthians, the 15th chapter. Um, and I'm going to start at the 12th verse, and then we'll be out of here uh, eating in no time. Amen. Say amen, somebody says, now, listen to this closely. If Christ is preached that he has been raised from the dead, how do some among you say that there is no resurrection of the dead? But if there is no resurrection of the dead, then Christ is not risen. And if Christ is not risen, then our preaching is empty. And your faith also is empty. Yes. And we are found false witnesses of God because we have testified of God that he raised up Christ whom he did not raise up. If in fact the dead do not rise. And verse 16 says, for if the dead do not rise, then Christ is not risen. 
Oh, I feel some preaching getting ready to come on. Lord, have mercy. And if Christ is not risen, listen to this, your faith is futile. You are still in your sins. I'm going to start right there and just preach for a few moments on this subject. The interrogation of the resurrection. The interrogation of the resurrection. My brothers and sisters, uh, today, this morning, this afternoon, I want to open up this sermon by making a bold statement that will uh, probably rock some of y'all's thinking when it comes to Resurrection Sunday. Uh, the reason is because if you were like me growing up, uh, it was a big thing to get a store-bought Easter basket. Come on, somebody. Am I talking to anybody in here? Especially for Easter Sunday. I'm telling you. Uh, the first time I was privileged to get one of them store-bought Easter baskets, I, I probably was the happiest kid on the block. Uh, the basket that I got that was purchased for me, it had a chocolate bunny in it. It had uh, some chocolate eggs. It had uh, some jelly beans. And, and, and the one I had had some toy soldiers, Pastor. And, and all of this was inside packed beautifully in a colorful weave basket. And every year around this time of the year, that's what I was looking forward uh, to getting, one of those store-bought Easter baskets for Resurrection Sunday. Uh, but because we were poor when it came to financial, not poor in spirit, but we were poor financially, I rarely got a chance to get one of them every year. So the, by the time I became an adult, I made a pact to myself uh, that my kids would get the biggest Easter baskets on the block. Come on, y'all. Am I talking to anybody out there? I, w I wanted to make sure that my kids did not have to go without a basket like I did when I was growing up. But if the truth be told, beloved, Resurrection Sunday, here it is has nothing to do with Easter bunnies. It has nothing to do with Easter eggs. It has nothing to do with Easter lilies or candy for that matter. And the reason why I'm bringing this up is because uh, Resurrection Sunday is probably the most important day for us Christians. I mean, beloved, I come by to tell you that this is it. Without the resurrection of Jesus Christ, we don't exist. I'm coming for you. I'm coming for you. I, I, I listen, beloved, our beliefs don't have a leg to stand on. The celebration of the resurrection is the most important element of our faith. It is the biggest day in Christendom. When we take this time to remember the one who took on the sins of the world, the one who was persecuted, the one who was mocked, the one who was scorned, the one who was spat upon, the one who hung on an old rugged cross next to two other condemned men. Uh, we honor him and celebrate his resurrection. Come on, is there anybody in here besides me that's glad he is alive? and not dead come on somebody shout he lives come on say it again he lives 
And so, beloved, when you think about it, even though uh, he died on our behalf, the fact is uh, that he died is really big. Uh, but the fact that he was resurrected is even bigger than his death. Uh, this day was imp so important uh, that the Apostle Paul wrote a whole chapter dealing with just the resurrection. Likewise, beloved, when we speak upon the death of Christ and how uh, he suffered, it is also important uh, that we include his resurrection in that conversation. Listen to this. He didn't just die a cruel death, uh, but he was resurrected from the dead. Uh, I mean, when you do a comparison of all the other leaders and people in history that people of faith worship, the one thing that separates our Lord and Savior from the rest was that he was able to conquer death. Death did not defeat him, but he, in fact, defeated death. Come on, somebody whisper glory. Uh, the purpose of Paul's writing here in the 15th chapter was to help us to see the importance of the resurrection. So much so, Paul, even in his own writing, raised the question. He says, what if there was no resurrection? He then raises up a few things that would have occurred if Jesus had not been resurrected. Truth be told, beloved, if Jesus had not been resurrected, we would all been in serious trouble. And in verses 12 through 17, I hope you have your Bibles, break open your Bibles. He talks about those issues. Can I just have a few moments and then I'll close? Beloved, if you have your Bibles open, I want you to look at chapter 15, verse 12. He says in verse 12, listen, he says, now if Christ is preached that he has been raised from the dead, how do some among you say that there is no resurrection of the dead? Remember, beloved, the reason why Paul raised this question was because there was some bad theology running rampant throughout the church. People were actually saying that there was no resurrection, that it never happened, and that was probably the corrupt imagination of a few. And then in verse 13, uh, Paul responds to this charge by saying, but if there is no resurrection of the dead, then Christ is not risen. I mean, here, beloved, Paul was saying that if God could not raise the dead, then Jesus was still dead. Are you looking at verse 13? It says, but if there's no resurrection of the dead, then Christ is not risen. And then he says in verse 14, and if Christ is not risen, listen to this, then our preaching is empty and your faith is also empty. He says, if there is no resurrection, then all of this preaching uh, that we're doing is empty. The Lenten services is empty. The Monday, Thursday service is empty. The Good Friday service is empty. If there's no resurrection, then all of the preaching that we do is empty. And beloved, here's the question uh, that this point raises for me. Is my preaching empty? And at the same time, I got to ask you the same question. After all of the preaching you've been listening to, is it empty? In other words, has the word come back void? Has the word come back hollowed? Uh, has the word come back empty? And, and beloved, since you all don't know me that well, I'll answer the question myself. I know for a fact 
that my preaching has not been empty. How do I know? Uh, because lives have been changed and souls have been saved. And, and so I know uh, without a shadow of a doubt that my preaching has not been in vain. Come on, can I get an amen from somebody? As a matter of fact, is there anybody in here that came to the church and, and you heard a word that caused your life to change? I mean, I mean, you heard a word that caused you to be lifted up. I mean, you heard a word that caused you to be encouraged. I mean, you heard a word that caused you to think about some of the things that you used to do. Come on, is there anybody in here that heard a word that reminded you that you didn't wake up on your own, but it was God who woke you? up this morning come on is there anybody else in here who could testify that I came to church in pieces but when I heard the voice of the Lord telling me to hang in there my soul cried out hallelujah thank God for saving me come on don't fool me up in here is there anybody in here that woke up this morning and couldn't wait to get to church to hear a word from the Lord. Speaking of the word, how many of you know uh, that it is the power of the gospel that causes people to jump and run around the church? It is the power of the gospel that causes people to shout in the middle of the service. And so, beloved, I refuse to let the devil convince me that for the last 20 years that I've been speaking and preaching and ministering to the body, that nobody has been changed, that nobody has been motivated, that nobody has been inspired. Somebody shout, the devil is a liar I'm telling you lives have been transformed by the preaching of the gospel of Jesus Christ and so one of the questions that arose concerning the resurrection uh, was is my preaching empty and I'm telling you beloved I guarantee you I can get a few people who will say it's not empty come on somebody holler back at your boy and say elder your preaching don't come back empty come on somebody I can't hear you up in here say pastor your preaching don't come back empty come on I can't hear nobody up in here tell them the word is not an empty word not only that but he also says in that same verse 14 are you following me I'm a word preacher he says that if Jesus Christ was not raised from the dead not only would your preaching be empty but he says your faith is also empty in other words beloved he says you've been putting your faith and something for nothing but how many of you have witnessed the amazing power of God at work in your life because of the faith you had I mean you've seen God move in mysterious ways because of your faith I mean that house you purchased was by faith that car you drive it was by faith the job you got even though you wasn't even qualified it happened by faith the health condition that suddenly disappeared I mean the doctors had you counted out but all of a sudden the report came back negative I stopped by to tell you beloved all of that happened by faith 
Uh, come on, look at your neighbor and tell him, oh, you got some faith. <laughs> come on, somebody shout, I've got some faith. <laughs> I mean, ever since you got saved, <laughs> you've been living on the word of God. <laughs> I stopped by to tell you that faith <laughs> is the substance of things hoped for <laughs> and the evidence of things not seen. <laughs> it was by faith <laughs> that God kept you. It was by faith <laughs> that God protected you. It was by faith that God provided for you. It was by faith that God paid your child's tuition. It was by faith that the Lord got you off of your sickbed. How many of you know that if you have faith the size of a mustard seed, you can tell the mountain to be moved. You can tell Satan to get ye behind. You can tell Satan to get out of your life. You can tell Satan to get out of your marriage. You can tell Satan to get away from your family. Come on, if you praise him right now, like you got crazy faith, whatever you loose in heaven, it shall be loosed on earth. Hallelujah, somebody. Can I preach for a couple of more minutes? Beloved, I stop by to tell you, I refuse to let the devil convince me that I don't have faith. I'd rather take God at his word. Somebody, would you do me a favor and say, my faith is not empty. Come on, look at your neighbor and tell him, my faith is not empty. And, and here's what Paul was trying to communicate to the Corinthian church. He, he was trying to tell them, beloved, that, it, that if we believe the gossip and the foolishness of the naysayers, that our faith would be empty. Come on, would you do me one last favor and cheer somebody up today? Look them straight in the eyes. Don't kill them, but look them straight in the eyes and tell them my faith is not empty and your faith is not empty. Come on, cheer somebody up. Look to the other side and tell them my faith is not empty and your faith is not empty. Now come on and give the Lord a hand clap of praise. In Luke chapter 7, when he healed the servant of the centurion without ever showing up, the reason why his servant was healed was not based on his authority, but the reason why his servant was healed was based on the faith that he had in Jesus. I mean, even Jesus was surprised by the faith that he had. The Bible says, he said, I say to you, not even in Israel have I found such great faith. And and so, beloved, number one, the word, the word we sit up under is not empty. Come on, somebody. And, and then number two, our faith is not empty. But wait a minute. He says in verse 14, if Christ is not risen, then our preaching is empty and your faith is also empty. Yes. Verse 15, and we are found false witness of God because we have testified of God that he raised up Christ whom he did not raise up if in fact the dead do not rise. So right here, beloved, he's saying if we do not believe in Christ's resurrection, then not only is the preaching empty and our faith is empty, but at the same time, your witness is empty. <laughs> in other words, he says if this is true, then we are all false witnesses. Now, because I love y'all, I will be the first 
to defend and say we don't have any false witnesses at Allen Temple. Come on, somebody. I mean, everything y'all say is the truth. Come on, somebody. Talk to me, somebody. Nobody in here has ever told a lie. Come on. Come on. I know I'm talking to somebody, and this is a rhetorical question, and you don't even have to respond to it. But we don't lie. Am I right about it? I mean, we may sometimes use alternative facts, but we don't lie up in here. Come on, somebody. But on the real, y'all, even though we were not present, when Jesus rose from the dead, we can witness to this fact because he is alive in our own hearts. Come on, somebody else say amen. In fact, beloved, I know I've been changed. I know I've been saved. And I know that my life has been turned around because if you knew me some 30 years ago, you you wouldn't even recognize me but ever since Jesus came into my life my life has never been the same he changed me he made me whole again he fixed my situation he looked past my faults and saw my every need he helped me when I couldn't help myself he turned my life around again and again and again if this is you raise your hand it was the power of God that changed me and beloved I stop by to tell you that same power is at work in us right now that same power that raised Jesus from the dead is the same power that give us power to live and that's how I know he's alive and well I'm a witness that Jesus Christ lives come on look at another neighbor and tell him my witness is not empty I can't hear y'all I need you to look at your neighbor and tell him my witness is not empty how do I know because I was once young and now I'm old but I've never seen the righteous forsaken nor his seed begging for bread somebody shout glory I'm getting ready to come in then I need you I'm a word preacher you looking at your Bible I need you to look at verse 17 it says, and if Christ is not risen, then your faith is futile. Are you looking at that? I mean, we already talked about that, which means uh, he raises the faith piece for a second time. He then says, if Christ is not risen, you are still in your sins. Woo! Oh, my God. That's deep, y'all. Church, I don't care what anybody says I'm not still knee deep in my sins and I praise God for that I mean you can ask anybody in my family and they'll tell you based on 30 years ago he's been changed because he don't act like he used to act he don't talk like he used to talk he don't hang out like he used to hang out he don't roll like he used to roll y'all gotta excuse me for a moment 
but when I look back over my life and I think things over I can truly say that I've been changed have I got a witness in here beloved I know we sin by thought word or deed but this one thing I can say is that a change has been wrought over my life I am not who I used to be so beloved the next time the devil tries to remind you of who you used to be you tell that no good sucker to get ye behind the devil is a liar have I got a witness up in here I am a child of the living God tell him I'm more than a conqueror tell him I'm a chosen generation tell him I'm a royal priesthood tell him I'm a peculiar people who have been called out of darkness into the marvelous light that's why you blessed in the city you blessed in the field you blessed in your coming you blessed in your going you bless when you sleep you bless when you wake up let the redeemed of the Lord say so let the redeemed of the Lord praise him lift up your heads O ye gates and be ye lifted up ye everlasting doors and the king of glory shall come in who is this king the lord strong and mighty the lord mighty in battle come on do me one last favor high five your neighbor grab him by the hand shake him and rock him and tell him that's why i praise him from the rising of the sun until the going down of the same because he's worthy somebody shout worthy to be praised now shout glory in fact beloved i feel like preaching this is a preaching church up in here if he had not risen from the grave and took his seat on the right hand of God I would have still been a basket case I would have still been broken I would have still been down and out I would have been still walking around like I've lost my mind but because he rose from the dead I can shout with acclamation that if it had not been for the Lord on my side, I don't know where I would be. But thanks be to God, he rose. He rose. The Bible said they hung him high. They stretched him wide. He hung there all day Friday. He hung all day Saturday. But somebody shout, but on the third day, he arose from the dead. And because he arose, I stopped by to tell you, he's not dead. He's alive and well. So don't cry. Don't weep because he's not dead. Shout glory shout hallelujah somebody shout he's not dead he's not dead he's not dead but he's alive come on
Come on, find somebody. High five somebody. And tell him because he's not dead. He's not dead. Tell him because he lives. Because he lives. I can't hear nobody. Are you talking to your neighbor? Tell him because he lives. I can face tomorrow. Come on and give the Lord a hand clap 